DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Dick Harmon, sports columnist for the Deseret News. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret, despite a couple days of rain, that Utah is still in extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Dick, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys? We're good. good. How are you? I'm, I'm. This smoke is killing me. It's just killing me. It's cutting down everything you want to do outside. It really is. Yes. And the rain will help with that, but then the rain has its own problems, apparently. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to get on the radio and we're going to talk sports. That's what we're going to do. Well, good idea. All right. <laughs> so I'm uh, curious, as you hear another season, and, you know, why not be optimistic in the preseason because there's no point in being pessimistic and beating yourself up. But how much of the optimism that you're hearing you think is warranted? What have you heard that's on target, and where do you think it's maybe misplaced and overstated? Oh, man, that is a great question. Um and multi-parts, too. Yeah, jump um, in anywhere you like. You get to ignore the part you don't like. Well, you know, I think the enthusiasm that Kalani has is probably real because he uh, he's put a, invested in a lot of recruits that he hasn't had the chance to coach until the last couple of years. And he's coming off 11-1, and one, and they think they have uh, momentum off of a big bowl game in which uh, Jeff Grimes and uh, uh, Eric uh, Mateos were not there. So basically some of the, the guys in the room were able to go and produce a great big bowl win on, you know, on the road against uh, Central Florida. So I think the fact that they got in 12 games and a lot of other people didn't, I think he's he's got depth and experience and a lot of players were able to see playing time. And uh, I think all those things combined to to put a positive spin on what he's trying to do out there with these guys. And the negative may be overblown. It's going to be hard to replace Zach Wilson. Let's face it, this kid has tremendous talent. he, he's got a great arm. He was very accurate, and I think the accuracy is something that's going to be hard to be replaced by any replacement they have because Zach was simply that good. I do think there's a warranted uh, positivity in the fact that the running back core is all intact and back, and they're deep, and their wide receiver core maybe is deep and as talented as I've seen in, in decades here in Pro Bowl. A tight end situation with uh, – Isaac Rex, a guy that got 12 touchdown passes tied for the lead and the nation is back. So I, I think some of it is justified statistically and, and experience and performance-based, and others are just question marks that you have to wait and see what happens. How about the defensive backfield? It seems like they've got a lot, a lot more bodies, and the bodies that they have there are not guys that they sort of scooped up uh, because they may be a junior college kid who fell through the cracks or maybe like a Brian Logan who's a little on the small side. It seems that they actually have some potential players there. And so from that respect, uh, they might have some more talent across the board than they've had in a good while. You know, I, I think if I were to pick one thing that was going to surprise people and has surprised people and will, it is that what you just mentioned. I, I think uh, D'Angelo Mandel is a real player. Malik Moore, we've seen just the, the, the short time that we've been allowed to watch. He's a playmaker. Um, these are not small little corners like Brian Logan. These guys are all over six feet tall, uh, 5'11 at the least, uh, 180, 190 pounds. They can run. They're fast. Probably as good as man coverage uh, secondary as BYU's had in, 
in a long, long time, maybe since 1996. So I think these guys will surprise you because they will be in position like Chris Wilcox. They do have size. They have range. Um, they're confident. I think uh, General Guilford's done a great job uh, along with uh, Ed, Ed Lamb and, and getting these guys specifically uh, with with the, uh, the the tangibles that you can measure, the size and the speed, and, and then develop them. And, and I think that would be probably the story of this team is that uh, the corners are probably better than a lot of people think the way you can do. So a lot of what you say about the secondary, I've heard there seems to be some consensus building around that. But the position group where there doesn't seem to be any incentives, I'm going to have to default to a PK position, which, of course, will lead PK to take a victory lap that will annoy me to no end. But nonetheless, that's where we are. Uh, You know, he says, well, we'll find out on Saturdays. That's the great thing. And I guess that's where I'm going to find out about the defensive line because I don't hear any consensus on that. There are people who think it's going to be great. There are people who think it's going to be good. There are people who raise an eyebrow and wonder if it's going to be the team's Achilles heel. where, Where do you fall on the spectrum? Well, I, I think I'll, I'll add a little bit of a different uh, observation to that. It'll be different. So, you know, it, it'll be different in terms of its size uh, and mobility. Now, you don't have a Karis Tong there that's going to plug up and take on two blockers and, 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 you know, push somebody back into the backfield so far that they knock down the quarterback, which he did a few times. But, but I think that they have some more agile athletes that can go around people. Uh, they're a little bit quicker. I think Tyler Batty. He only played four games, but he led the team in sacks, and he's a backup. I think Lorenzo Fotea, is the, he's got talent. Uh, Tinsley uh, Mahi, he's, he's good. Uh, he's got size. He's a great athlete. Um, Earl uh, Tuzo Mariner and uh, um, I think Uriah Luatea, Peyton Wilgar. Peyton Wilgar, I think, is going to surprise people. He'll play a little bit of defensive end. He's a linebacker, uh, but he's a player. Uh, I've visited with his dad, who lives in Las Vegas played with BYU back in the 60s. Uh, the guy's got the bloodlines, and he is a playmate. You might remember, I think it was against Southern Cal, the interception that he made out in the flats. But I think they've got versatility, and they're different. I think that's the word that I would use, Dave, is that there's just going to be a different defensive line than BYU's had. And the, and the linebackers will be a big part of showing the four- or five-man front and being active in that front front seven. So talk about Kalani and being extended and not being extended and, you know, how long they're going to let it, let it play out. And I've had some people around the program, I'm sure you've had too, that have complained to, an, to a degree is that uh, the administration lavishes love on Mark Pope and extends him before he even starts his second season. And Kalani, they sort of twist it in the wind and, and what are they going to do again there? Uh, and I'm wondering... How do you view this situation? Is it just a matter of getting around it, getting around to it, or they're not quite as sold on Kalani as they are as Pope? What's your take there? Well, I, I think it's more who's got the pocketbook. I, I you know, that's a good observation. But you, you have Mark Pope being backed by the owner of the Utah Jazz, a good friend, a confident, a person that's put up money for him at Utah Valley and at BYU, and has given him about what they want. I mean, these two guys are buddies. But on the other hand. Now you've got Kalani coming in with the guy with Bilt Bar, uh, this Greer guy, and it's his buddy, and it's his good guy, and he's got a paycheck, uh, a, a pocketbook, and that's pretty deep. And, and so Kalani now has his guy in his corner that's developed over the last year, and uh, coming up this Sunday with a big, big blockbuster announcement. What you're seeing is is playing out uh, the money game, and so Kalani's finding his money guy, and he's got leverage now because of what's happened. Uh, with his friend and his connection. And uh, 
And I think in time, if this thing gets worked out, then that money guy's going to step up like Pope's guy stepped up and said, hey, let's extend this guy, and I'm going to be a force behind it to help to help make that happen. So I think the clock's ticking, the relationships are in place, and you got to play out a, a, a money game that just has one step that's already taken last week, and then the next step will come up. But definitely, I, th- I think in uh, talking to those who are very close to um, – the Kalani is that he, he's approaching this with humility. He's saying, "I haven't done anything yet. I've got to, I've got to do something." I was working on a project with some family members this summer. I thought I had it pulled off, but when it came to Kalani, he put a kibosh on. He says, "No, because I haven't earned the right to do that." And so I think that's where Kalani's coming from: is that he wants to prove even more, and then come in with his money back and say, "Okay, let's get it done." So you think basically that seven and six season two years ago is the one that's kind of the the mark that says he hasn't done anything yet because you've got you can't just win you have to win consistently and what could have been a ten win season with very little imagination ended up being a seven and six season. Yeah, and that happened for a lot of different reasons. I mean, there were some coaching issues, there were some recruit issues, there were some quarterback issues that I think people were strapped with and, and had to use. And then there were some injury issues. So there's a lot of reasons that probably were not Kalani's fault that that happened, but he takes responsibility for it. But, uh, you know, the 11-1, and one, that was a pretty good year last year. Went on extending. But I think that in his mind, and maybe in the mind of some people, there's some mechanisms that have to happen before they take that step forward. And I think they're in the works. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the money people because the fact is that if he puts together, say they go 9-3 and three this season, maybe even 10-2, and two, well, I think would probably be the best case scenario. For the sake of argument, uh, do that. There's going to be openings in the Pac-12. I mean, uh, Herm Edwards looks like he's on shaky ground. Who knows? There's a, guys move on. Guys get fired. So the point being, and certainly with Mark Pope, too, uh, the enthusiastic marketing machine that he is is just a, a genius in that regard, that they're going to have opportunities to move on. And BYU, in a just sort of a crazy way, has sort of prided itself in not uh, paying market value and so you could potentially lose either one or both of these guys, which would be a shame because it seems like they're set up for success. Do you think that at that point BYU is willing to up its game as far as salaries, not necessarily the literal going rate, but close to it? Well, I think they have to. I mean, if they want to keep in this game and keep things rolling as an independent, then they have to be. They have to have people you know, in, in charge that are going to help them to do that. And I think the, the best uh, probably case of that is the uh, female uh, non-LDS track uh, and cross-country coach that they elevated and gave her a title and more money and uh, made her one of the first uh, non-LDS head coaches in recent memory. It's been a few years since that's happened, but they, they shifted gears, they stepped up, and they did what they needed to do. And I think that they'll need to do that, yes. And I think that they have the people in place. You know, BYU's salary is going to be X. But, but the money comes from the outsiders and funds and the coaches' circles and other things that build uh, the salaries that they need. Those, those are done uh, through different organizations connected to BYU but outside of BYU. And I think you've seen that with Pope with the owner of the Utah Jazz, and you've seen that with Greer right now with the Built Bars and what he's done in funding literally every single BYU player in the program. So when you talk about those organizations uh, being outside, how much are they controlled by BYU? How much say does BYU have, and how much are they really freelancing? 
Oh, they, they have control. BYU is an organization that will not let an outside entity control what they do. So there's a bridge there. There are people that are liaisons, and there's lawyers involved that, uh, you know, and the Board of Trustees has to approve it. Um, but but uh, the salary that BYU has is, is just X amount, and that's probably basic. And, you know, you can grow that a little bit here and there, but the outside money, which is under control, um, you know, that is what determines the amount that you're going to keep a coach with. How about the assistants, too? We had Reno Mahe on the other day, and we're talking about BYU underpaying notoriously, and he basically laughed and said, yeah, no kidding. Uh, do you think they can increase that pool, too? Yeah, but I, I think when you talk to Reno and you talk to anybody on that staff at that particular time, they were in a situation where they were not paid very well at all. So you're talking about a different universe. Um, after that seven-win season, after the struggles that they had, when they brought in Jeff Grimes, and he was able to bring in who he wanted to. That that shifted gears a bit. So when you peek into that history with that group, that's a whole different story. Dick Harmon joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Deseret News uh, columnist and spends a lot of time covering BYU athletics. So I'm, I'm curious if you think the O-line has gotten back to a place where you remember it when – you were just getting started, and they seemed like they cranked out an NFL draft pick every year. And if not every year, then every other year. And because they dominated that phase of the game, and I know the schedule was lighter, but because they dominated that phase of the game, it made everything else a lot easier. Are they getting back to that? Well, I think the measurables are there. Kalani, when he first came, he says, we've got to be more physical. He, he ran into a team that just wasn't very physical, so he changed the... <laughs> Excuse me. The, not only the recruiting targets, but the measurables and the frames, and then he uh, tasked his uh, conditioning staff with making them stronger by doing a lot of uh, lower body work and the core and the squats and and the weights and, and those things have increased over the last three or four years to the point where they they hit a target uh, area. I mean, you look at the the tackle right now. You look at Blake uh, Freeland. He's six foot eight, three hundred and four pounds. Look at the other uh, tackle, Harris LeChamp, at Utah. Had a little bit of a go around. He's six eight, three hundred. James Empty has been an All American since he he came back from his mission as a freshman. Clark Barrington, uh, another big guy. Uh, Connor Pay hasn't played a lot, but <coughs> the smoke. Um, but yeah, I think what they've got is a prototype BYU big offensive lineman that they're trying to get their footwork and their techniques down to where they can protect and they can dominate and they can be more of a physical force and impose their will on other people. I don't think that was the case three or four years ago. I don't think they could do that. Well, we're going to let you go get a drink of water right now, Dick. you gotta, <laughs> you got to regain your equilibrium there. We feel like we're finishing you off here. And that's not our goal. We want to have you back on. It's bad out there. What's going on with you California people getting all this smoke over here? Patrick, can't we blame the Californians for all this? Yes, absolutely, especially natives, not the ones who just moved there later for work. (laughs) Yeah. Way to cut me out of the herd, (laughs) cowboy. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right. You do a great job. Fun to listen to and, and the best. Thank you, Dick. All right, DJ and PK, there is Dick Harmon, sports columnist for the Deseret News. I didn't want his blood on my hands. Get him a drink of water. <laughs> Quickly. I, I need a drink of water, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> my throat's getting a little tight just listening to that. 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we'll get you up to speed on a lot of stuff we talked about today, including long-term conference realignment with Chris Camrani and where the Pac-12 is headed. We'll get to that in just a second. Right now, time to welcome in Andrew Reinhart with Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, the studies keep piling up, but you're not really going to top Cambridge University. I mean, that just sounds cool. (laughs) It does. That was, let's see, a 2017 or a 2018, I forget, clinical study. They took a group of men with erectile dysfunction that were no longer getting any results from pills. So I'm kind of assuming older gentlemen, maybe health conditions, uh, put them through the technology, our wave therapy. It opened up and regrew the blood vessels and resulted in increases in blood flow in all of them. So cool. Uh, erectile dysfunction is a lack of blood flow. Our technology corrects it. The big attraction is no pills. And then there's been a lot of others. Journal of Sexual Medicine and several others have studied it and found similar findings. The Journal of Sexual Medicine or Cambridge University. You make mm-hmm. the call. <laughs> you got it, yeah. All right, so you've, got, uh, you, you've met with enough guys now that you really see the top causes of ED. You know why this is happening. And for guys who are asking the question, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Well, you have the answers. I think the American lifestyle overall is not helping any of us, frankly, the way we eat and live. But uh, prostate cancer, diabetes are some of the, the top two that we see. Um, it's more normal than you think. Injuries. We have healthy guys in here in their 30s every week. Uh, I think you're more normal than you think if you're struggling. And you've got a special offer for people who get a hold of you right now at 801-901-8000. Yes. Uh, you've got questions about your health, why you've got ED, of course. You'll meet with our doctor for free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound for free. And you get the gift, very popular, that produces powerful results in the bedroom, basically immediate results. Uh, It's all totally no charge. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call Wasatch Medical. 801-901-8000. Call Andrew now. Tell him the zone sent you at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, you know what the definition of optimism is? Uh, Waking up and looking at PK in the mirror every morning. That's one. (laughs) And number two, (laughs) giving away beach tickets when it's been raining pretty hard for 24 hours. Starting right now. It stopped? Yeah, it's not Sweet. Salt Lake Bees open a six-game homestand with Reno Aces tonight at Smith's Ballpark. Come out and support the Bees. It's better at the ballpark. Tickets on sale now at SLBs.com. We got a four-pack of tickets to the game tonight for Caller 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE for Caller number 12. And, all joking aside, what do you think? Like two hours without rain before the game, and that field will be dry and ready to go. That field dries out really quick. They put a lot of a lot of work and a lot of money. Bring in the helicopters and no, <laughs> the Channel Two chopper, sand and gravel and peat moss and pipes and trenches and 
they get the water off that field pretty quick. Oh, yeah. I'll go over there and help them. Squeegee some of it out of that. <laughs> Squeegee it out. All right. Time to keep get people up to date. Three hours and 33 minutes of the show in the books. 27 minutes to go. If there is one thing you'd like to notify a 9 o'clock listener of, one piece of information you picked up along the way during today's show, what would it be? Today? Yeah. You're nuts. That's not new information. So I said something new. My level of craziness has been well established. Yach has multiple drops in there that he's good enough not to play right now. He's good enough not to play right now. Oh, Debbie. Dick Harmon saying it was all about uh, recruiting a, uh, a booster. Wang. <laughs> Yach, you're a terrible human being. Like Kevin Durant. Retail places to get the I ultra agree. big flag to what? call uh, the agree. ultra big flag. <laughs> and then Yach signed with the Warriors, even though they won 73 games. Uh, you don't really sound like a Debbie. Well, I did one, one for a long time. time. And then he did a podcast, <laughs> and he blamed the coach and the GM, even though he was the one popping off and creating 50% of the drama, taking 0% of the responsibility. Oh, those NBA guys. What happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Arden? <laughs> <laughs> That's underrated right there. <laughs> All brass, baby. <laughs> you, oh, you crack me up, man. <laughs> took 20 years to assemble all of these. <laughs> is y'all going to phone against his yeah, face? Yeah, so. <laughs> The Marshall Falk one was you <laughs> I really didn't get it. Pure as a driven snow, people. No matter what you've heard or suspect, pure as the driven snow. And that is my proof. (laughs) We'll have him play that one when he gets off the phone. I don't know what he's doing on there. He's looking pretty serious. It's going to go on. Now he's typing in the computer. Oh, he's taking these tickets. This is usually. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it could be. Okay. (laughs) That's the winner. Uh, So. That's All right, we'll give there. the people one thing before y'all can go back to playing drums. Well, Kevin Durant, you know, you're never going to solve that as far as, well, you chased a title and you got a title, and so it doesn't count. You might as well not even address it because you're never going to solve it. People are going to think what they think. And that, that's one thing. The other day when you were gone, we were talking, I was talking with Gordon and somebody, oh, you're accusing me of being a homer. And I said, I could call you a quadruple tuplet, uh, whatever phrase number out there, axe murderer. And you would think, if I called you a homer, that that's worse than that. And I, people are going to think what they think. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You can't control people and what they think. So why try to chase that and try to get ahead of it because hey, you're thought of that you got a title and you gravy trained it. Well, you were really good, and who's to say they would have won without you? Again, we don't know that. So it seems like it's just a waste of time. And and those two had that argument. I think the rest of the world looks at it. They had an on-court argument. Shaq and Kobe argued for years. Mm-hmm. So what? <laughs> well, it ended a dynasty that we all think had the potential to provide them. But we don't know that. It, five, we, see, we don't know that it ended don't. it though. Was he of, going to go either way? 
was Jerry Buss only going to pay one of them no matter what? Well, I'm talking about Durant, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, there's always variables in everything. So, would Durant have won if he stayed in Oklahoma City? Would the Warriors have won two more? <laughs> See, the thing is that blah, no matter blah, what blah, people blah, think, yeah. the way it works, if Durant wins a title or two in Brooklyn, then it's like the asterisk title with the Spurs, and that just all blends away. But I don't think... Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players of all time. He'll go down as one of the greatest players. If he retired today, he'd go down as one of the greatest players of all time. That's just... He's fortunate enough to be blessed. And that was a fascinating thing that I... uh, heard him talk about this other stuff Draymond Green repeatedly plays the victim nobody understands him and it's everybody else's fault right we, I, this is not new from him I don't care I like him as a ball player he had a triple double in which he scored two points I think to me that says it all about the value of Draymond Green as a ball player all this other stuff these guys these guys are basically young guys and so what's their perspective I don't really care I just like watching Draymond Green commit himself to do whatever it takes to win. That's why I'm a Draymond Green fan. So, But listening to Durant to talk about how he kept growing and growing and growing, and he wouldn't stop growing until he was seven feet, and how you know he was taught, and he talked about who taught him to play ball, and how he was smaller, and what he played because he was skinny, and he talked about, well, skinny guys, you know, we didn't play him in the post. And Draymond was talking about, he grew up in Saginaw, okay? My nephew played Saginaw State. It's in, obviously, Michigan. I got family there, so I know a little bit about the community. And he was talking about, he's always the tallest guy, so they stuck him at center, even though he wasn't a center. And Durant was saying how, well, he played outside because he didn't hit his growth spurt, and then when he hit it, he just kept going. <laughs> but he'd already been ticketed as a perimeter guy. Yeah, yeah. He'd be a guard, have some ball handling skills. Right. Because you don't have a lot of size. And so how he developed his game and why he went to the University of Texas and all that, that's what I found interesting. Not these other guys whining that these two old white dudes, uh, they blame them. Whatever. They had an f- argument on the court. So what? Robert Ory once threw a towel on Danny Ainge's face. Yeah, good times. You know, I mean, that's not cool. And Robert Ory, nobody, nobody's looking at Robert Ory now. Jeez, why'd you do that? It was a dumb thing to do, for sure. You, there's no way you should be doing that. But Robert Ory got past it. And things happen as far as that goes. So if I'm Durant, I don't answer any of that stuff. If I'm Steve Kerr or Bob Myers, I don't answer it either. I just... That's what they think. Good for them. Next. <laughs> what does that have to do with this season? Not much. You know? <laughs> Not much at all. Right. So Durant's gone. He's in the other conference. Draymond's there, and he's been a pain in the butt for multiple reasons. But he helps then. you win. So you put up with it. Keep grinding ahead, because once you start grinding backwards and trying to change history, because there's no way you're going to get... People come to a universal conclusion. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, I understand that. That's reasonable. Thank you. And doesn't matter. Just keep forging. Keep plowing ahead. Life's a grind. And keep working. And for the Warriors, Myers, and Kerr, keep working to get your team better. Because you could be pretty good this season. You know, See, see what you got here. And for Durant, I don't think you're ever going to quiet the critics. Because there's going to be something. Because suppose he wins a title and... LeBron sprains an ankle. Oh, well, yeah, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? 
How many guys have don't have yeah buts? Mm. Jordan. <laughs> Shaq. Shaq, no. I think Shaq, a has a, Shaq has a big butt, and, <laughs> and that's, that's just the problem. it. That's the problem. Because he's way bigger yeah. than everybody. No one questions the legitimacy of his four titles. What they say is you could add five, six, or seven. Okay. That's the yeah, but to Or Shaq. they say, yeah, well, you just overpowered everybody. The I good Lord won blessed the, you with I could have won the size. titles at 7 2, 350 if I had five or seven, two, three fifty. Yeah, I just. Man, I just no one could to guard him. Remember talking Doliak guarding him? He's, he's like guarding a wall. I mean, it's this guy's the strongest ox ever. So there's there's that. Uh, Duncan, I, I, yeah, but I mean, I'm just gonna hit you with the best. Yeah, there's a few with the That's most what I'm championships. Saying. I'm yeah. saying there's the a guys, few like Shaq and Don, Duncan basically won every title for a decade with the one by the Pistons being the outlier. I don't think Jordan has any yeah buts. Yeah, agreed. Pippen's a good player. I'll give you that. But then everybody else, they're all role so players. Magic, Every single other player is a role player. Magic, Bird, Jordan, Shaq, Duncan, Kobe, LeBron. I think Kobe has it with, I think it's bogus, but I think you can make the argument that he, well, he had Shaq and then, yeah, they, he was sucking and then they went and got Gasol. Even though Gasol had never done anything. (laughs) It is remarkable that um, Wade and Kobe, who are both just excellent players, in their prime didn't have a running mate, didn't have a tag team partner. And so we're, I have to go back and look, but six, seven, eight, nine. Now, before their prime, and arguably maybe even a little after their prime, they were good enough to win championships. Kobe was probably still in his prime. I can't probably, I really can't tell you who was after his prime. After his prime, he did win a championship. But you get the point. In the middle, after they'd already won titles, when they should have been at the height of their powers, their team was struggling because it is a team game. As much as the stars are celebrities, and that's what we all flock to. It's well, you need game. somebody. Right. It's just how big of a star you are determines how big, how of, a big star of a star they, star they or how much, how. Where do they fall on the star scale? Uh, Kobe and Gasol, two guys who were by themselves in seventh and eighth, get together and win two titles. Yeah, and then plus two, you have to see who's on the other side, you know? Who are you going through? Who are you going through in your own bracket, and then who's on the other side of the bracket? Because... I can make a case Bird's got three, but I can make a case easily he should have more. But they had to run in the Lakers on the other side of the bracket, the greatest team of all time. And I can make a case the Jazz. We'd, we'd be looking out right now at a banner. But they had to go through the greatest team of all time in 1988. So Duncan's sitting on five, but if he hadn't had to go through Shaq and Kobe and through LeBron and the super team in Miami, he might be sitting on six, seven, He might eight. be, but... At that point, you're just wallowing in riches. So yeah, but I like to watch that. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I love the chasing history thing. I love the counting of rings. Sure, but... I get it's not perfect. I do. And for all the reasons you just pointed out, who are you going against? Yes, and then you've got to have, whether it's good fortune, luck, timing... All or sorts of maybe stuff. Maybe Grant Hill should have been mentioned in all this, but his, his injury luck was horrific. It was horrific. 
Oh, yeah. Best player wrecked by injuries? Oh, there's a whole bunch. Right. But who's the best? Of all time? I mean, you're catching me off guard here. Bill Walton. But he still won two titles. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's it. But Grant Hill, no titles. Could have been awesome. Uh, Bill Walton, if anything, had a little more health than Grant Hill. <laughs> it's hard to believe. Greg Oden. We'll yeah, never know. Maybe, no, we'll never know. You're right. And to an extent, Brandon Roy, the same franchise. Yeah. Had to step aside. They've had really bad luck with injuries. Yeah. In, uh, he was just getting battered. He couldn't, he couldn't find maybe a way Sam to Bowie get Maybe Sam Bowie would have been an awesome NBA player. Mike Conley. Now jazz fans are tearing up. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Why'd you have to go and hurt me? Yeah, who knows what would have happened just as recently as a couple of months ago. It's not beyond the realm to say if he was able to play. It's not beyond the realm, man. I get it. It's it's somewhat torturous, and we'll never know. But they had it going on. So who who knows? I don't know. I can't. I can't say. I can't say that. I can't say it either way. But, yeah, that, that's why the, the longer I'm into this business and I've been in it a good long while, the less I criticize guys for not winning it. Because you realize all the things that go wrong as you watch things go wrong with people who have already have your respect? So many factors that lead you to get there, that things have to go your way that are just totally out of your control. I mean, for instance, I can make an argument in 1988, the Jazz were the second best team in the league. Lakers won it all, beat three teams in seven game series. The Jazz, the Mavericks, and the Pistons. Pistons would have a strong argument for being the second best team in the league. I got it. But maybe the Jazz could have taken them. Yeah, I guess we can go back and look at those two regular season games. Did the Pistons win them by, both by 30? I have no idea. Me neither. Did the Jazz win them both by 30? Because anything else... If you knew that off the top of your head, I'd smack you. I don't have any... I don't, I've never even considered it. But we know what I'm doing during the commercial break. The answer's coming up next. And so if one turned ankle to one of those critical Laker Hall of Famers well, the comes Pistons, up in that series... The Pistons would say that... Isaiah twisted his ankle. I, I got it in in the third end of the third quarter. Right. So then the Jazz would have beat the Pistons because Isaiah twisted his ankle in the, the third quarter. <laughs> you can argue anything. You're the best. That's what I'm saying. Non-stop. Exactly. So they would have they would have won that series. <laughs> you know. You know what the park? Those little merry-go-round, little mini spinny things they have, uh-huh. like. Two, four, six kids get on them, yeah. and they can just spin them. Arguing with you is like being on one of those things right after you ate potato salad on a 105-degree oh, day. Gross, 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 man. That's what it's like. All right, when we come back, your feedback and the answer to that Jazz regular season 88 thing. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Question of the day. (laughs) Question of the day is all about Kevin Durant. Freak of nature, K. Riss says. Second only to Steph, in my opinion, of must-watch, all caps, must-watch basketball. As a person, don't know him. No opinion there. 
I think there's several guys I want to see play. Sonsich yeah. comes to mind. Mitchell, right here locally. Uh, Kawhi, Kawhi and LeBron, or the whole LA thing, just turns everybody in the West off. Uh, I don't know that it necessarily turns me off, uh, but. I can appreciate LeBron because there's less time than more time. He's been fun to watch for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's got to be ticking down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're you're seeing the end of an individual superstar era, and that always, especially when it's literally at the end. I'm not there with LeBron yet because he's not there, but when it literally becomes his time, like Kobe. You know, he announced his retirement like they normally do, and that end, I was sort of sad. And Mark's, I can remember literally stand, sitting in this building, interviewing him as a 17, 18-year-old kid. I had set it up with the Lakers, and they gave me a one-on-one his rookie year, and I walk into the visitor's locker room, and there he is sitting on the concrete slab and shakes my hand, talks to me like he's a 35-year-old guy, and I was just extremely impressed. And now... Going forward, watching him at the end, it was over. Little did I know, obviously, what was going to be ahead in a few years, the ultimate tragedy. Uh, but I was sort of sad, and I, I would feel that same way for everybody. It, it marks the passage of time. I'm a guy who gets melancholy at the last out of the World Series every year. TikTok. And, and plus, we got Tick. winter coming. Talk. And um, college football in our community, we build it up so much. It's such a big deal. And then it flies by. And before you know it, we're at Thanksgiving. Fortunately, we concluded with the ultimate rivalry, Utah and Colorado. <laughs> Boy, if there's one thing that's really changed, ending the season with Utah-BYU was such a big deal. It is so different now. <laughs> it is so different. Well, this year is going to be sweet because you're going to have BYU-SC with the playoffs on the line. For which school? Yes, both. Oh. What I'm talking about, man. Nice. <laughs> a couple of one-loss teams in an elimination game. I see where you're going. Although the, the Trojans would have another game. They would. Because they would play, if, if that were the case, they would play the following week in the Pac-12 title game. Elaine answered the question, what's your opinion of Kevin Durant? Extremely talented basketball player, but very thin-skinned and insecure. There seems to be a degree of truth there since he's creating burner accounts for reasons I don't understand. Jeff says, of course PK knows someone from Saginaw and Saginaw High School. I don't. Saginaw, the the university there. The university. I don't know anybody from the actual... High school. Dr- Draymond grew up there. I'm just saying I have a little bit of a familiarity with the community. But I don't know anybody from there unless me and Draymond, we're not, we're not boys, although we can be. One day, <laughs> just you and Draymond just hanging out, talking hoop. I can see it. That'd be fun, actually. I-, I love the fact that he's outspoken. I may not always agree with what he says, but I love the fact that he's willing to say stuff. I do believe one day you'll get to see him on that TNT show. He's younger than those guys, so he can't go forever. And he's setting himself up. He's already Yeah, guested. but I can't go forever, so when they die, I might die. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> my grandmother-in-law used to tell Your my... Grandmother-in-law? Yeah, huh? used to tell my mother-in-law, so my mother-in-law's mom would tell her, <laughs> I'm too mean to die. 
Yeah, but my mother's dead, so... Uh, so to... you finally <laughs> shot a hole in that theory? I mean, it sounded good, and it held for a long time, but... This is a shocker. All right, time to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic, joining us to tell you about a breakthrough treatment. No pill, no injections, no surgery, but can address your ED issues. Andrew, what can you tell us about it? That's right. We're talking about no side effects, no pills, no injections. And I tell guys this often, uh, what would your relationship look like two to three weeks from now if there were more blood flow in this part of the body, more intimacy, more frequency, and less pills or no pills? Pretty great things. I'm finding that when things go well in the bedroom, they go well outside the bedroom. This has a ripple effect on life, happiness, and the relationship. And Wasatch Medical Clinic's technology is clinically proven to increase blood flow. So we're seeing a lot of great things for men that have struggled. So Cambridge University did a study, and there have been dozens of other studies done. What did Cambridge say, and what did the other studies uh, back up about that? That's right. Uh, We're approaching 50 clinical studies. They're uh, posted at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. They basically all conclude the same thing in a different way. This is probably the future of treating ED, It addresses the root cause instead of symptoms. It's safe. There's no side effects. uh, And it can work even for men with severe erectile dysfunction. Um, It's pretty fascinating stuff. You can go to the website and click on the science page to read all of those. And you've got a special deal for people who call right now. Yes. uh, Last segment of the day, um, the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, totally free. That gift that I don't think I've ever seen fail, it produces powerful results in the bedroom. Uh, All of it is totally no charge. 801-901-8000, that's the number to call Wasatch Medical. If you want to put a stop to your ED, call Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000. Ask for the special offer you heard on The Zone, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it today.